This episode of the School Last Podcast is brought to you by Patreon sponsor Paul Swan. If you'd like to find out more about being a sponsor through Patreon, log on to www.patreon.com forward slash school of laughs. We're also brought to you this week by the Clean Comedy Conference. If you're a comic and you're looking to get more bookings, more big paid bookings through corporate gigs or cruise ships, churches, colleges or clubs, or you want to write or perform on late night TV, then this Clean Comedy Conference is a great opportunity for you. The Clean Comedy Conference is being held in San Diego, California, October 13th through the 15th. Early bird registration ends August 15th, so sign up today. There's only a few days left at cleancomedyconference.com. And as a special offer to School of Last listeners, use promo code School of Last to save $10. Go to cleancomedyconference.com today. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by schooloflaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here. We've got part two of our interview with Kate Dorr, who is a social media ninja. I got a ton of great feedback from a variety of places on the internet this past week on part one with Kate Dorr, and I really thought she brought the goods, man. She laid it out, gave you a lot of things to think about. Maybe some things to think about stop doing. And this week, we're just going to follow up with the second half of the interview. We're going to cover a, a lot of different ground today. Piggyback on what we did the first week, but we're also going to talk about uh, using your email list to get more engagement out of your subscribers and also to use that list as kind of a hot leads list to maybe have them buy your new CD, DVD, things like that. We'll talk about MailChimp Convert Kit, how you can create Facebook custom audiences and Facebook lookalike audiences from your email list. Uh, using bit.ly links, bit.ly links that I like to use and how I use them. We're going to talk about tracking interest in your newsletters and the stuff that you do put out through your newsletter uh, list, through your email list. We're going to talk about using social to build relationships with people, how to share things and schedule things with Buffer or Tailwind, all kinds of great stuff and some things you shouldn't do as well. Hey, I did want to say thanks to the Clean Comedy Conference and to Paul Swan for sponsoring the podcast. And a reminder, if you're a Patreon supporter, that our next Google Hangout will be on August 20th, Saturday, August 20th. So just a little short time away from now. And we're going to talk about some social media in that Google Hangout. If you want to find out more about being a Patreon sponsor, check that out. I'll give you some more details at the end of the podcast. But right now, let's jump right back in and get your pens and pads ready. Here is Kate Dorr. Tracking is everything. Uh, we were kind of talking about tracking with email and, and tracking with all this, but I think I think a lot of people they they get tied up in the how many followers do I have mm-hmm. or these sort of vanity metrics that aren't necessarily what's most important. Um, for me, I'm tracking referral traffic from specific channels, which you can you can see in Google Analytics. And then in addition to that, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at the bounce rate from that particular channel. I'm looking at how much time spent on the page for that specific article and how long the session is. And it's really interesting. You'll you'll sign you'll find okay. I mean, you want to obviously focus more energy on which channels have more engaged or sending mm-hmm. more engaged traffic. So, like last month, for example, of my social media traffic, I got about sixty percent of my social media referrals from Pinterest. I know that sounds crazy. Bloggers are doing crazy, you know, crazy amount of traffic from Pinterest. However, 
you know, those were my shortest sessions uh-huh. um, and therefore least likely to convert and maybe least likely to sign up for my email list, which is my ultimate goal. Um, Facebook, Facebook and Twitter individually were about half as much. Um, both of those were pretty strong, but about half as much as Pinterest, but those had more than double the amount of time spent on page, right. double, more than double the amount of pages, <clears throat> you know, and a much, much lower bounce rate. So I think, I, th- I think that's really important to look. If you're not familiar with Google Analytics, I think the best thing you can do is certainly make sure it's installed on your, on your website right. as a starting point. And there's a plugin that you can, you can use to install it and make sure it's, you know, the code is mm-hmm. part of every single page. But from there, going in there and just looking at, you know, looking at these things, it, it, there's nothing worse than, I mean, you have to experiment with a bunch of things to see what works. But once you have a bunch of, um, once you've been experimenting for a few months, then you have a few months of data to take a look at. And again, spending more and more of your time in what's working and less time in what's not really working. You right. Know? Do you look at, um, I mean, I, you, you laid out some metrics there and like things that you look at statistics. Mm-hmm. Are there, what trends have you noticed for you um, that you're really excited about? Like I'm going to do way more of this because it's paying off better for you. Cause it's, it's going to be different from everybody. Yeah. Well, interestingly, like I was just saying about, um, a lot of bloggers, I, I hear them say, Oh, well, you know, Twitter isn't really that useful for me, except that that's where the media is. That's how I'm building relationships with media. Okay. And I say, well, actually I'm getting a lot of traffic from Twitter. Um, about 15% of my social media referral traffic came from Twitter, which I think is pretty good. So, which is, you know, significant you know that's that's hundreds of that's hundreds of referrals a month um but i did notice that i noticed that those people again a lower bounce rate longer time spent on page those are people who clearly are more engaged with the content that i'm putting out there you know and twitter for me i think is like my everyone has their channel where they're most comfortable i think twitter is that for me um mainly just because i've used it i've used it to build relationships with other bloggers i've used it to build relationships with media I mean, for example, this, this life hacker, you know, that's a person, the writer who wrote the life hacker article this mm-hmm. morning, that's a relationship I built on Twitter. That's a person I followed whose content I shared, you know, over, over the years, right. you know, and again, social, like any social media channel, it's a long game. You know, you're not thinking like of necessarily quick wins, but building relationships over time, sharing other people's content, they share your content. It's, there's enough to go around. Sure. <laughs> you know? And you know, that's a great point. And it's kind of, maybe come back to the the comic who's like i can't blog post every week you could link to your favorite video from another comedian yeah and maybe that's the first you know maybe if you're only posting four times a month the first week that's what you do automatically Mm -hmm. so on one saturday morning you could wake up with a cup of coffee and find 12 videos yep and boom click a link make a little post this my buddy doing some stand-up blog yeah and then you're done with a fourth of your media for the entire year Mm -hmm. right and then figure out what your second week does but sharing people, they're gonna, they're always gonna thank you, if they, especially if it's noticeable. If you're yeah. doing it more than once, yep. You know, I know for a fact that people that share my um, podcast little blurbs on Facebook with other people, mm-hmm. you know, I'll always respond to them quicker if I yep. can if they have a question, and if they've got something cool, I always thumbs up and share it. Mm-hmm. So don't be greedy with the, your time oh. on social media and <laughs> curating content. If it's stuff your listeners and followers and watchers like, it's just as important as putting out your own stuff. Yeah, and, and I'll say like for, okay, so for Twitter, for example, um, I use Buffer to schedule my schedule my tweets every day. I have some, some bloggers who I'm auto-sharing their posts no matter what. I have a relationship where we auto-share each other's stuff. It's like an RSS feed that just automatically mm-hmm. tweets it, which is awesome. Um, but in addition to that, I'll schedule probably at least six, 
six to eight tweets a day. I try to do it seven days a week. People say, like, what? Why bother on the weekend? Weekend is like the time. busiest, right? Weekend is the most engagement because no one else is sharing anything. Everyone's sleeping in. No one, that it's amazing. Like that's a missed opportunity right there. I, I feel so. like if you're not sharing content on the weekends, it's like missed opportunity. And you can do it in a batch. You know, I'll do it on the weekend. I've got a, I've got a day job. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got a day job. I don't have time to be. I have a day job where I'm managing social media for a software company full time. I don't have time to be scheduling content during the week for Cashville Skyline. But what I'll do is I will schedule everything. You know maybe spend a couple of hours on the weekend getting everything all set up. And then I'll take a little, you know, like a 20 minute, maybe over my lunch break, I'll spend 20 minutes a day engaging with people. Cause the engagement part of it's important too, not just sharing. Right. You want to be of course interacting with people and that's part of building relationships and building trust with your audience. But you know, it's, it's amazing how much more you can, you know, with using a tool like buffer. Um, and I'll, I'll share probably, for example, on Twitter, I'll do maybe every, maybe every third or every fourth tweet will be something of mine. Everything else is other people's stuff. And if it's someone's, you know, someone that I'm trying to build a relationship with, I'll make sure that I at mention them mm-hmm. and they see it and people appreciate it. You know, I share things that I think are legitimately good and legitimately valuable to my followers. You know, it's not, it's not just like a thing where I'm trying to get attention of some big influencer, right? you know, which I think certainly, you know, it, it can look like that but it's it's really like no this is this is a really valuable article that i found and i want to share it and and sometimes not even just not just sharing the name of the article but maybe writing some some kind of creative copy around it you know that may get a retweet from that person you know and it's just it's it's really it's again it's about experimenting and seeing what works but also I, i i get if i get a new follower who you know again like maybe someone in my niche who an influential person that I want to build a relationship with, I'll, I'll at reply them and say, Hey, awesome. Thanks for the follow. Like I would never do automatic, right? No automatic, like replies to people and definitely no automatic DMS. That's like my number one direct message thing that I yeah. hate. Automatic DMS and Twitter is like a worst nightmare for somebody who's running social media right, right. for, for any company or even yourself, just because it clutters up your DM inbox and it makes it hard to, keep track of like actual conversations you're having right but yeah. if there's someone that you really want to like hey it's cool that we connected like maybe in like a little personal like oh hey i'm from massachusetts too that's really cool that we connected right something genuine and i would imagine a long way. same thing goes for like the generic linkedin defaults right yep i would like to add you to my professional you know yeah i always would write the first couple of sentences go anna while we're here i'd like to add you to my linkedin yeah. you know and tell them maybe why and the other thing i was thinking when you're talking about sharing content uh, it's one thing just to retweet it, but as you mentioned, saying something about it. You know, if you're sharing it with your followers, share a little sentence of why I think you followers would like this post. Mm-hmm. You know, if especially if the the title might seem a little confusing or not direct enough. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is a great post about how you can build your newsletter list. Yeah, and I think you guys would dig this. Yeah, and that way it gives it a little personal touch. Mm-hmm. And if it's say a comedian, say if I shared a video of some comic I liked. I could comment on why I like that bit. Yeah. You know, his use of this technique here or the timing, just watch how he waits for yep. the laugh, you know. And that also shares how I'm thinking about comedy mm-hmm. to the people who follow what I do. Yeah. So it's kind Absolutely. of getting inside your own brain to share things with other people. Yeah. And make that connection. True. I mean because you have you do have expertise. You know, whether we all think we don't have expertise, but but there's a reason people are following us. Right, right. <laughs> you know, they're interested in what we have to say. And, they're, and when we're sharing something, they're interested in why we're sharing something. Right. Why should I click this link? Here's why. Yeah. No, I, used, I, always, I was even telling my son this the other day. It's like when you see a flock of geese flying. They all take a turn in the front. Mm-hmm. And when they get tired, they go to the back. And then yep. they kind of cycle back up. And everybody at some point throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout the month, 
you're doing something where people are going, wow, that's pretty cool. So you're pulling that group along with you. But then you got to chill out and sit in the back a little bit and you know, repost a few things and work your way back up. You can't always be in the front all the time. You're going to kill yourself trying to, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, and, and I also like, and with Facebook, my Facebook page, I also schedule that in advance, but I do that directly through the Facebook app. But I'll do it for like a week at a time and same, you know, same exact thing. Um, and LinkedIn, I mentioned earlier, I use Buffer for LinkedIn as well for sharing some posts, you know, like maybe one post a day. And that's for your Facebook fan page, right? Uh, my Facebook fan page, I usually share about three posts a day. Okay. Um, LinkedIn, I've been doing once a day. Twitter is probably six to eight tweets a day, including on the weekends. I try to do everything on the, on the um, and Pinterest, I'm doing like 40 pins a day. It's crazy. That, that's insane. That's a lot. You can pre-schedule that many things? Um, through a tool called Tailwind. I use I use that to help me schedule. I mean, all this stuff it takes. I'm not gonna lie, it takes me. There are certainly ways that I could probably be more efficient in the process. Sure, but um, you, you learn as you go. But yeah, I mean, I think that's with any of these productivity tools. You kind of learn like we're we're all trying to save ourselves time, <laughs> right? So that it doesn't because social media can be a massive time suck. I mean, I I can get swallowed up in Twitter for like half the day, right? <laughs> but but in the end of the day, it's like you want to be creating content. That's what's most important. And maybe if if you're sitting on Twitter goofing off all day, <laughs> that could be time where maybe you're creating a really awesome Facebook Live post or maybe you're recording something or writing a blog post and you know, or working on your newsletter, right. creating things. Well, you know, at the very least, if you've got screen capture software, you could go through your Twitter feed and make comments as you're going down, scrolling through your Twitter feed maybe. Mm-hmm. And then you post that video so people see how you process it. Tw- I mean, yeah. that's kind of random, but that's something you could do to at least be somewhat productive yeah <laughs> you know yeah. repurpose that time yeah and um another thing that is really handy for me on twitter i use twitter lists very like a ton tell me a little bit about twitter lists because I, I know i should have some lists i just have yeah. never set up a the, list so okay this is a, a, another like kind of common misconception i think people have people think like oh it's not it's not really that like people everybody wants to have like a million followers and then be following like three people <laughs> right right <laughs> people think that looks really cool i don't care i want to drive traffic to my website like I don't necessarily want to be following a million people and have no one following me, but I don't really care if I'm, if I'm, if I've got over 5,000 followers and then I'm following 4,000 people, that's fine. I follow anyone back who seems to be actually interested in what I have to do because I see that as a a relation, Mm -hmm. building a relationship with that follower. Um, so obviously that makes it tough with my feed (laughs) because I'm following over 4,000 people. But what I do is I create and they can either be public or private lists of different people. So I have clients, financial advisor clients. Um, I have a a Twitter list of financial advisors. I have a Twitter list of um, a community of people from a conference I go to. Mm -hmm. I have a list of people in Nashville. I have a list of um, other personal finance bloggers. I have a list of media. And then you can go to those lists and you can create like even if you have like 10 influencers that you want to build relationships with, make it private and you don't they can see the name of the list Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's that's good to know because if it's like you know people i really want to get to know you know you don't want to write some like (laughs) people who can hook me up (laughs) exactly people who have a bigger list than me yeah Yeah. i I usually will just put something like you know personal finance superstars or some cheesy thing like that oh yeah something kind of a pat on the back kind of funny but like people will be happy they're being added to it but maybe they don't really know what it is Uh i'll make it private and maybe there's like 15 influencers that i want to build relationships with then i'll go to that list maybe once every few days or so 
and I'll try to interact. I'll use some of that live engagement time to interact with those people. Okay. Whether that's retweeting what they're sharing or maybe responding what they're saying. That's a, just kind of a quick way of like narrowing down your followers. No, it's good because it needs to be done. Yeah. And plus, you, you know, the stuff you want to share with one group is not always great for the other. Yep. And if they see too many stuff that's not great for them, they un- unfriend you. Well, it's not, it, it's not, um, it doesn't separate. Um, I mean, anyone who's following you is going to see any of your updates. But this is more just for narrowing down who, which updates you're seeing. Right, right. The income. So, yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, again, like I said, I have over 4,000 people I'm following on Twitter. There's no way I'm going to see every important tweet. It's, it's just not going to happen. Right. But if I go to my little list of 20 influencers that I really want to interact with, or maybe I want to spend some time on you know some other bloggers I know, maybe I want to interact with them a little bit, that's, that's a really easy way to do it. Um, Twitter lists just kind of a way of organizing your followers sure. for engagement, you know, for l- real-time engagement. And do they see how many other people are in that group or they not know? If it's private, they can't see. Okay. Um, if it's public, then they can see who else is on the list. Okay. Now, say I did want to only send out a tweet to those people on that list. Is there a way to do that? Mm-mm. No. So it's just No, anyone who's there. following you will be able to see it. Although Twitter has kind of played around with the algorithm, algorithm a little bit and they'll have like the while you were away and like they kind of I've noticed on some profiles some people who are more active on Twitter it'll show like maybe they're I don't know the top three it's interesting because it's not on every single profile and right. it's not all the time but it's I think it's just an example of how they're kind of messing with their algorithm a little bit as well um, with you're not necessarily I mean this stuff is in real time but when you go to someone's profile I'm noticing like some of their top tweets from like the last few days are kind of at the top, but then it's almost like they had like, I noticed there's like a featured, uh, like a featured column. Right. And then, then you just click on the next one. It says tweets and tweets are like, you know, real time, like chronological, like the normal. It's interesting. You know, I think it's interesting to see that they're, they're working on something over there. Well, they're trying to, I mean, they're trying to make money. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. trying to become a profitable, a profitable company. And Twitter has consistently struggled as much as I love it. It, it's consistently struggled to grow its user base. Um, it's, Do you think it, that's partly because some people thought they, would, they should get into it and see if it's something that they're into and they find out that it's not? Or that the people that are successful at Twitter have streamlined it for themselves in a way to where people think they can't compete with the people that are good at Twitter? Like, there is a, when, when you go from profile to profile, some people 3 million followers, mm-hmm. some people 3 followers. Right. And so you think the people that are sitting there with 15 or 20 are like, yeah, it's not my thing, and they bail out? Yeah, I think, well, it's really, I think it's confusing and it's inaccessible for a lot of people. Like, just little things like, and they've made some changes, but little things like trying to come up with something witty in 140 characters. Right. No, it's <laughs> not, so- all of us are, not all of us are that, you know, that clever right. in, in such a short, uh, such a short um, amount of, of words. So I think that, that makes it challenging. Um, just little things like, just kind of the nuances of like, kind of what's okay in terms of like, at replying people or like how you interact with people what's it's it's not quite as intuitive as facebook is right um and so for that reason i think yeah some people maybe tried it and gave up um again it just it's it's struggled and um they're trying some different things to try to grow you think ads have ran some people um, off i mean no. No, not really no i mean i don't, twitter ads i i don't think i've really been that prevalent to be honest i don't think people facebook ads are are ton you know everyone's using facebook ads twitter ads are still i mean people are using it companies are using it and there's definitely you know it can be done it can can be done effectively but it's expensive still and so it's not i don't think it's the ads i think it's just the using the tool and 
I think people find it kind of overwhelming. Like yeah. you said, like, oh, I don't, I, you know, I have no fault. Fo- no one's following me. I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting out into the. Right, right. <laughs> tweeting out into like, it's like I'm yelling in the middle of the forest. Like no one's. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one's, one's ever listening re- and no one cares. Yeah. No one's interacting with me. No one cares what I have to say. You know, I think that could be a little intimidating for some people. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, if let's say a comic or a speaker listening or any of the people listening, we got independent artists and musicians too. They've got, they're thinking, you know, I want to try to, to spend some time on the social media, but also I've got a few dollars. You know, if, if I spend a couple hundred bucks a month, is that enough to make a dent in anything, enough to experiment with something? If you were a comic listening who, you know, just kind of starting out, but you've got some, some content to send people to, what would be a good use of a couple hundred bucks a month? How far can that actually go? Yeah, well, assuming that your website is exactly where it needs to be, and that you have your um, your email collection software in place. Okay, so and those will be the those, first two things yeah, before... Yeah, assuming that those things... Because, again, if you're trying to drive traffic somewhere, you want to make sure that right. you're driving them someplace worthwhile. If you have a crappy website or you... Um, again, you're not trying to collect email addresses, it, they kind of get lost. Right. You know, the traffic comes, but... Where do they go after you that? You want to drive to a steakhouse, not a crystal. <laughs> so if, if your website's a crystal, you know, yeah. they're only going to spend crystal money something, at a crystal. Yeah, something that's attractive and you know, kind of a good user experience, easy to navigate, all those things. So assuming your website's in good shape and that you've got, a, um, you've got some software in place to collect some email addresses, from there, honestly, the way I would spend, I would spend money would be um, if, you feel, if you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe hire a virtual assistant or some sort of assistant to help you with either creating con because this can be overwhelming mm-hmm. i mean creating all this content you know seven days a week it's a lot somebody who's savvy you know i mean i know a lot of bloggers who you know a lot of, just a lot of small business owners in general who hire assistants to help with some of this stuff so that that may be a good use of time i think i think facebook ads are worth investing in i mean you mentioned it earlier mm-hmm. i i promote Probably all of my blog posts, I, I usually spend about $10 a week. It's not a huge spend, but it drives a lot, you know, it drives a lot of traffic to right. my posts. I think that's worthwhile. Um, I've, done, I've used it to promote events, you know, at um, Outback concerts, but also with um, events I've done after that, too. Facebook ads are worth, and you, it doesn't have to be a huge expenditure either. That's the thing. Yeah, that's a nice thing. I mean, as little as five bucks, you can experiment with something and yep. see the short-term benefits. And if, if you're, you know, if you're following your Google Analytics and you, follow, you see that it's definitely drove some people there not mm-hmm. just click but they stuck around mm-hmm. then that's something you want to replicate and send to more people yeah um what would be let, let's go back to that virtual assistant mm-hmm. thing for a second so where are places that people can find a virtual assistant not that i'm asking for myself yeah but maybe perhaps I there's am. <laughs> a few different websites um that have a lot of freelance social media marketers that you can hire part-time for example like upwork elance um there's a website called cloud peeps that has a lot of social media marketers or even just asking in your network. You'd be surprised. Like a lot of people have assistants and maybe those assistants are really good. I think that's the best way is through your network of people. Say, I'm looking for a virtual assistant or I'm looking for an assistant. Because they you know someone, you yeah, a little they bit. Trust, they know you and maybe they know the work of someone. They're, they're already working with someone or maybe they have worked with someone in the past who has those skills. Right. Because um, to be honest, I mean, even if you're, in a, and obviously it varies based on someone's skills, how much you're going to pay them, but you have to think how much is your time? This all goes back to the money thing. For me, you know, there's some, some tasks, you know, if you think like, how much is an hour of my time worth? Right. If I'm going to spend four hours or three hours every weekend scheduling social media when I could be creating blog posts or I could be you know I have freelance writing clients if I'm not writing articles I'm not getting paid mm-hmm. 
you know, the same thing goes for artists. You know, if you're not, again, maybe you're writing jokes or you're working on booking gigs for yourself. Those are money-making things. Right. Whereas scheduling social media may not be. So maybe you work with a virtual assistant who can help you schedule some of that stuff and save you some time. It it can be a little tough to stomach the the initial investment, but I think it's worthwhile. And some of those tasks, just to be frank, are pretty (laughs) mind-numbing. I mean, when I'm dragging over... Uh, articles that I found online that I like and drop it into a bit.ly then copying that into my auto tweet you know mm-hmm. it's it's important to a certain degree but is it the most important use of my time right you know the creating like content any artist creating what made you right. who you are is the number is one the thing the number one thing Absolutely. and so I think you actually have a great blog post on what is your time worth right mm-hmm. what is an hour yep. of your time yeah I would recommend going to Cashville Skyline and checking that article out as a starting point to think about how you value your time. And there's there's other ways you can figure it out. You can take your yearly income and divide it into 40 yeah. hours a week if you want to think of it that way. But even if you only do that, I think you'll see that your hourly rate, if you're actually out there making some, some damage, you know, doing some damage as a comedian, yeah. uh, your hourly rate's going to be over 50, 100 bucks sometimes. You yeah. know? So if you can That's pay true. somebody 40 bucks to do something, yeah, you're right. still 10 bucks ahead. Now, it, it'll be way further on the other scale for somebody when the first starting. Yeah. So you have more time than you have income when you first start. Exactly. With a lot of artist type things. So when you're feeling that little pull back and forth. Yeah, I mean at time. a certain point in any business that's you have to make those decisions. Like you cannot do everything yourself. Right. Um, and, and you can't all, do them all well, that's for sure. Yeah, well that's true. And, and and you know there's some things that you're gonna naturally be better at and maybe you focus on those things and the things that you're not as good at Maybe those are the things you outsource. Say like, hey, I'm not really that good at creating a newsletter. Maybe I outsource that to a virtual assistant. Or, you know, I'm not, I can't produce high quality video on my own. I need someone to help me with this, right. which is which is totally fine and, and good. I think, it's, I think it's actually a really important skill to recognize what you're good at and what you're not and outsource the things that you're not uh, right. because you're wasting your energy too. Especially, yeah, you might be decent at something, but you hate it. So yeah. as you're doing it, it's it's dragging you back two steps instead of moving you forward. Absolutely. All right, I want to. I know like, we talked for a million hours. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's been great. It's been. Let me ask you this, just for my own knowledge, because I'm pretty clueless. Can you explain Snapchat to me, <laughs> and if I should be using it as a 47 year old person <laughs> who mainly performs for people 10 to 15 years on either side of me? So, right, you know, the 32 year old up to the newly retired is, is kind of my audience. Yeah. Should I have spent any time on Snapchat or should I be aware that eventually all the people I'm performing for are going to die and the people that are <laughs> younger than me will be on that's Snapchat and it'll be point. untapped? What's well, give me a nutshell. So it's, well, the thing that's been interesting about it um, is, so I'm actually fairly new to Snapchat as well. Um, and it's not a channel that I have spent a ton of time investing in. However, it is really important for branding. And I will say that um, it is a younger audience, as you mentioned. You know, there's the uh, 12 to 24-year-olds right. who are most active with it. However, you know, there's it's it's kind of like Facebook in the way where it's just grown so rapidly. Remember when Facebook was just college kids? Right. And then uh, suddenly it was like everybody was on it. The same thing is happening on Snapchat. Well, I saw an article that was like, you know, kids are getting worried because old people are getting on Snapchat. Yeah, I, saw, I think I saw the I saw same article. article is like, which is which is hilarious. Like p- kids are worried that it's going to be ruined or something, which is really funny. Right. But but um, it's a little tougher. Again, it's a branding thing. It's a long game thing. So I think it's worth with any cha- you know with any social media channel. I you know I'll download the app. I'll play around with it. See if it's you know again maybe not something that I am going to invest like all my free time in. Mm-hmm. But I think it's worthwhile for sure. Um, what can it do that the other ones can't? Is there something that's uniquely... Well, so I've heard it described as the thing about it is it's the closest to a one-on-one face-to-face interaction 
than any other social media channel. Meaning like you're walking down the street and you see someone in the street and you converse with them and then that moment's over. That's kind of what Snapchat is. You know, it's and, and so because of that it's just it's just grown into this like communication, you know, this this massive there are more people that use that than LinkedIn. There are more people than use that than Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, there are more people that use that than Pinterest. But again, I and I can't tell you whether it's right for you or not because Again, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors that weigh into that sure. decision, <laughs> including your time and, and just everything else that you already have on your plate. But I think, is it worth, if you have some downtime over the weekend and you want to play around with it and see how it works and see if you like it? Yeah, so basi- definitely. So basically those, those conversations disappear. Mm-hmm. After, is it 24 hours? What's the... It depends. Um, you is can that set something it, you can set? Yeah, you can set it. Um, I think... That's a, that's a good question because in the beginning I know it was just 10 seconds, but I think it's actually increased. I think it's, I think you can set it to 20. It'll disappear in 24 hours. Um, so that's just as a content creator is like, yeah, it's, it's like, I'm going to download some quicksand. If, if I can get enough people in that quicksand in that 24 hour period, it was worth it. And if I don't, mm-hmm. it's not worth my time, well, but, but it's about building a s- stories over time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of, and, and I, they actually did add a new feature recently. I think it's called moments. Um, hopefully I'm not confusing that with Twitter, but I, I know they've added a feature where, where things do stick around a little bit longer. Um, so again, I mean, I, th- I think it's, I think it's worth experimenting with ma- mainly just because of the sheer growth. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'll admit it's not something that's came super intuitive to me either. Right. <laughs> I've had to ask people like, why should I be on this? What, what's the value? You know, I'm in my thirties, so I'm not quite in the demo, you know, the prime demo for it either, but you know, I see a lot of people in my niche. Again, like, are people in your niche using it? Is your audience there? Maybe they're not. But some of them probably are. Maybe. You know? I think most of mine are at Sam's Club, just kind of getting free samples <laughs> all day. They're, they're in their golden years, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, but that's, that's the thing that's so interesting about social media is how quickly things change. It's like, who would have thought... When I was in college and first got on Facebook, I never would have thought that like my my parents would be friending me on there. <laughs> and what just blew my mind is that you were in college when Facebook came out. Like I was still changing my first kid's diapers when Facebook came out. Like so, like you, you were kind of in it when I wouldn't say all college kids kids have a ton of free time, but they have a lot more free time than once you become a serious adult. So yeah, you yeah. were immersed in it probably pretty heavy when it first came out. I mean, there wasn't even YouTube when well, I was in college. Well, my first two years, so what was hilarious about Facebook was it started with just the Ivy League schools had access to it, if you remember. Harvard and all right. the big. So, like, I went to UMass. So, like, it didn't trickle down to, like, the, the lowly state schools until, <laughs> <laughs> until, like, a certain point. So, like, you know, it was, like, my friends that went to, like, you know, the, the fancy schools, like, had access to this thing called Facebook for, like, the first two years. It wasn't until I was a junior in college that... I had access to Facebook, wow. which is which was pretty crazy. I mean, you think like what kid now goes to college and doesn't have Facebook? Right. I mean, for me, like I didn't have it for the first two years of college. Like, what was my life like before that? What was it's like before Facebook? Like, I don't I don't remember what it, is, it was like before that, but I, I do remember not having it until my junior year. Yeah, I do know before Facebook, I would go to sleep a lot faster because I wouldn't like to make sure oh, that, the fear of missing out, you know? Oh my gosh. But here's, here's what I've done to save time on <laughs> Facebook. Just I'll throw in one life hack for me is I'll quickly log on. If there's not a red flag at the top where somebody's trying to message me, friend me or uh, an update that I really want to see, I'll close it right out. I'm not going to go looking for things. I figure if somebody's trying to find me on there, I'll respond mm-hmm. and I'll check in two or That's three a times tip. a day like that. But if there's not something at the top, drop it nothing's going on yeah i don't know yeah well one it's again it can be definitely a time suck but and i'm not really sure this is something maybe to take a look at and you may have 
some experience with this, but I'm actually in a ton of Facebook groups. Facebook has really invested a lot of resources into building their groups. And I'm in like, like multiple communities. I've gotten clients from that. I've learned, I've learned a ton of stuff about blogging and digital Mm -hmm. marketing. I mean, there's literally groups dedicated to like anything that you could think about. And again, I don't know if that exists for the comedy oh, world. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure it does, but just the as a way of networking. Like, yeah, Rick posting about 80 groups every Friday. But you know, but it's but, but, but it does make an impact. If you think about it though, it's like being able to just I don't know, like going into Facebook groups, somebody posted like a win, you know, as a comic or who, whatever. I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly what groups you're in, but let's say they they posted like, "Oh yeah, I, I got this awesome show or whatever it may be," and you just like it. Okay, that's that's there's your little like interaction with that person that's you know that could also that's a a way of networking you know that's i see it the same way as like going and having coffee with someone or going and having drinks with someone and the truth is is that we all have such limited time networking is so important in any industry facebook groups i feel like it really cuts down on the amount of time you know especially people that don't live in the same place that you do i like it because that is where my audience is and that's where new comedians are for this podcast you know they're promoting themselves so i can kind of see what they're doing and i see them asking a lot of questions you know they're starting out so i try to answer some of those on the podcast and Mm -hmm. you know get that sometimes i'll say hey this is a great question i'll give you a short answer now but can i mention your name and this question on the podcast so it creates interesting content that's very specific and timely for the people that follow the show is there a facebook group for this podcast there is oh i, I nice. believe <laughs> i don't know if it's a page or a group that's oh, a good okay. question i was be. gonna say because i that seems like something that would be like yeah maybe i should double I mean, check it, that it, and flip it over to what it should be <laughs> well no but but like there's that's, a page but that's cool though that's cool you know i mean i'm just i'm seeing a lot of um a lot of artists and and a lot of just business owners and and again creative people in general creating a group for like all their followers and they get a lot of really great content that way which is which is pretty cool yeah you know ideas people that have podcasts they'll have facebook groups and like they get a lot of ideas for shows they get requests they get questions it's kind of just this way of like keeping everything all together i I don't know about you but my email inbox is out of control yeah (laughs) so anything to like cut back on that email inbox i think i think can be a good thing for all of us yeah maybe i will just start a facebook group for just the listeners of the podcast that'd be cool that way they can interact without me being there i think i've got a page where i have to allow something to be added to the timeline right now but Uh but a group is just the wild west and And, and plus plus like sometimes it's kind of cool because you learn from each other too I mean, it's amazing the amount of, and it's searchable too. Like sometimes I have, I'm in some groups, some blogging groups, and I'm like, say I'm looking up a plugin. Like I want to learn more about Yoast plugin. I just search Yoast, and there, oh, there's a, there's a whole thread that somebody people are having a bunch of conversations about it. It's pretty cool, you oh. know. It just lives in there forever. Yeah, I mean, it's something I should do for sure because I, I think I've just had the page, mm-hmm. but which not is the group. awesome too. A page helps. Cause it gives me at least one point, but. Well, there, there's a million things I can ask oh, you. Oh, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> let you go now. Now, I, and uh, I know a lot of my listeners, are, their heads are about to explode with all these different things that you've talked about. I'll have really good show notes for this episode. She's already said she sent me some of the links that yeah, she talked about. Yeah, some links to some more in-depth articles on. Um, I have an article I've written about about building, um, working on your email list. I have some, I have a couple articles on Snapchat which I think would be helpful. There's like a a really awesome guide that I found at the Buffer. Again, you know, they're kind of the experts on all things social media since they have their social media scheduling platform. But a really good, like, everything you need to know about Snapchat, which I included. Um, And also, I have an article that I wrote about how I've gotten freelance gigs from social media that I have on my blog. I included that too, just because I I think it's good to see that, you know, these things can, you know, 
again, getting gigs. Like you right. said, you're, you're getting gigs through relationships you're building that you've built over the years. And social media, I mean, I think it's, ev- it's everything. I it mean, is. I say that because it's my job, but like it, I really, really, it's, it's, ever, it's so important. Especially as an artist, a comedian, speaker. I think if you guys don't go over to Cashel Skyline and, and follow Kate, you're kind of crazy. <laughs> if you've listened this far, I think you probably have already gone to check it out. But make sure you check it out. I'll put her blog in the show notes as well. Follow her on Twitter. I'll put that link on there as well. Mm-hmm. I'll put all of your things so people can find yeah, you. Yeah, some people the Cashville are Skyline links are the where I'm most... I have a few different Twitter accounts, but the Cashville Skyline is definitely where I'm most... Especially if you're interested in things related to money. Right. Um, and which, money, money specifically for... Crea- I'm trying to really focus on money for creatives, you know, helping creatives with... For those of us that don't necessarily have a steady nine to five or those of us that have uneven income, that kind of stuff, that's kind of that's sort of the direction that my business, my side business is going. So hopefully there'll be more helpful things in the future. With oh, that. I'm sure they'll dig it. Thanks again, Kate, for working me into your yeah. schedule today. No, thank you for coming coming on down to East Nashville to chat about social uh, media. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go pick me up some cool threads <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Rick. There you go. Kate Door delivered again. I hope you took some notes, got some things written down, and put some of those tactics that she talked about into use. I mean, there's a million things you can do right now with social media, and you don't have to do them all, as we learned with Kate. But find two or three where your audience is and engage and interact with them right there. Provide them with stuff they find valuable. They'll share it. Find people that uh, do the things that you like and share their content, and that eases your load as a content creator All kinds of great stuff. I know there was a lot in there. If you are on the Patreon support team, my laugh partners, you will get a full written transcript of this uh, episode and this first one, the entire interview, over an hour and 10 minutes, uh, broken out to you in about 28 pages. You can go back, highlight, take notes, whatever you want to do on that. So Patreon supporters, be on the lookout for that. And also bookmark August 20th from uh, 1 to 2 Central Standard Time for our Google Hangout. A couple of quick announcements before I get going. Uh, I'd like to start off here with a quick iTunes review that we received back on July 25th. This one here is from P. Swizzy. Man, I love these iTunes names, nicknames, <laughs> P. Swizzy. Hey, I listen to Rick, well, always. I binge listen to the podcast when I travel. I'm currently trying to get the courage to do an open mic and these shows are just the encouragement I need. Hey, P. Swizzy, you haven't got on stage yet looking for your first open mic? That's exciting. I can remember those days. Uh, actually, I, you know, I got on stage before I even knew I was doing comedy. That's how crazy my start was. So I know there's a lot of tension there, a lot of excitement. Let me know when you get on stage, how it goes, and what you're looking to improve after you hit that stage the first time. Always good to get an iTunes reviews. I know I ask you guys for a lot of things, but those uh, really make my day when I see a new one pop in there. Okay, that's it. Besides this last little announcement, if you're in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, uh, Harrison, Tennessee, on August 14th, I'll be joining Ken Kington, very funny comedian, at the Church of the Highlands right there in Harrison, Tennessee, right there on Hunter Road. Uh, That show's going to be an early 6 p.m. start. It's going to be mostly Ken Kington, and I'll be joining in for a little set there in the middle somewhere, 15, 20 minutes of some stand-up. So uh, find out more about that. You can go right now to uh, my website, rickroberts.com, and shoot me a quick email, and I'll let you know more details. Or just go ahead and go to the church website, www.thehighlands.cc. That's www.thehighlands.cc on Sunday, August 14th. 
And again, thanks to the Clean Comedy Conference for sponsoring this podcast. The Clean Comedy Conference will be in San Diego, California, October 13th through the 15th, year 2016. And I say that because this podcast will live on in infamy. But, you know, there's an old adage in comedy that clean is green. That means clean plays everywhere and clean pays everywhere. If you want to learn more about how to perform clean and to make money doing it, you want to attend this conference. You're going to learn from professional comics and bookers such as Eddie Brill, Jimmy Brogan, Charlene May, Amy Piddle, Tony Calabrese, Scott Wood, and others. All these guys and gals are going to address the challenges and also the rewards of making money as a clean comedian. In addition to working at comedy venues, many of these speakers and panelists have written for TV, they've booked clubs, colleges, churches, cruise ships, or late night, and they've worked and opened for and selected comics for like The Tonight Show and David Letterman. So lots of great insight, years and years. I bet if you summed up and added all of the speakers' uh, comedy years you're looking at over 100 years maybe 120 years plus of comedy knowledge so where else can you get that in three days nowhere just the old clean comedy conference in san diego early bird registration is about to wrap up it ends august 15th so you've got a couple days left here to get in on it cleancomedyconference.com if you get in there early uh, you'll save some money on the cost and as a thank you to school of last listeners use promo code school of last for a special ten dollar discount so get up those discounts right now folks cleancomedyconference.com head over there today until next time this is rick roberts on the school of last podcast have a great weekend stay funny and stay safe out there listening to the school of laughs podcast if you'd like to hear more school of laughs podcast you can find them on itunes and stitcher.com and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for information on upcoming live and online classes visit schooloflaughs.com until next time stay tuned stay focused and stay money
people. This episode is also brought to you by the Clean Comedy Conference, which takes place this year, October 13th through 15th in San Diego, California. There's an adage in stand-up comedy that clean is green, and that means two things. It means, one, that clean plays everywhere, and two, it can lead to some cash. At this conference, you're going to learn about this from professional comedians and bookers such as Eddie Brill, Jimmy Brogan, Charlene May, Amy Piddle, Tony Calabrese, and Scott Wood. And they're going to address how to navigate the challenges of making money as a clean comedian. In addition to working at clean comedy venues, most of these speakers and panelists have written for television and booked clubs, colleges, churches, cruise ships, and late-night TV such as Letterman. So listen up. You want to check this conference out. The theme for this year is Clean Isn't a Dirty Word. Come out and find out for yourself why. Early bird registration ends August 15th, so sign up today at cleancomedyconference.com. And as a thank you to School of Last listeners, use promo code School of Last for a special $10 discount. Again, go to cleancomedyconference.com for more information today.